Welcome everyone, live from CRC North Keelor in Melbourne, Australia. You're listening to CRC Live on Brimbank Live. My name is Tamara and my co-hosts today are Charlotte and Alana. Our special guest today is Daniel Horan, CRC's Pathways Coordinator. Hi Daniel, welcome to the show. Um, could you please tell us about your role here at CRC North Keelor? Hi Tamara, thanks for having me. Uh, this year I'm in the first year of my role as a Pathways Coordinator at CRC North Keelor, uh, which is a really exciting role. Um, and don't want to go into too much detail with the first question, but I've got a yeah, pretty active role in all things careers and pathways and preparing our young people for life beyond the college. What do you love about your work here at CRCNK? With the Pathways role, uh, it's really exciting to work with young people who take full ownership of their own journey. And there hasn't been one conversation I've had this year where young people um, haven't been fully engaged and um, really excited about what might lie beyond the gates of CRC Sydney in a couple of years. What are the biggest misconceptions students have about their career and educational pathways? Probably the first biggest one is that you have to complete a scored VCE program to, yeah. to have success in life and uh, we all know that that's definitely not the case. We're very, very lucky that there are so many different pathways for adults and young adults as they move their way through and um, yeah, part of my job is making sure everyone's got their eyes open and their ears open um, <laughs> and, and aware of the so many different possible pathways for, for young people. Um, what advice would you give to students who don't necessarily know what which pathway they necessarily want to take? I'd say to be really active, um, uh, start conversations nice and early with parents, with their teachers, with their peers, with family members and take the opportunities that present themselves like work experience, um, any excursions that may um, present themselves and to think about what type of interests, what type of things have they enjoyed in their life. Uh, it's pretty hard at a young age to know what you're going to do forever um, but at the same time that you can never start too young and thinking what might be available out there for you. When you were our age, did you necessarily know what you wanted to do? It's a great question, Alana. I changed my mind 50 times over. Um, <laughs> when I was in year 10, um, I was thinking about architecture um, and then probably from year 10 to year 12, I changed my mind about 50 times. The one thing I did know that I wanted to do, I had a aspirations to go to university, um, so that helped me with my pathway um, but I ended up studying podiatry and I, it wasn't for me and I took some time off and then got into teaching so I had absolutely no idea which is a bit daunting but it's a, it's a reality for lots and lots of young people that um, you're not expected to know at year 10 what you want to do. How do you handle your new role as well as being a math teacher? Do you, is there any struggles do you find? Um, I'm lucky here that I'm given a, a fair bit of time to do my job, which is great. Um, like new roles, usually the first year you've got it through, you think I'd like to refine things and change them up for next year. And as we know, we're in a unique situation where we're only seven to 10 and then we go to our senior school. So um, there's already some things I'd like to tinker with and change for next year to ultimately uh, make the transition process as smooth as possible. And one of those exciting things is year nine, there's actually going to be industry and enterprise. So 
the whole career exploration and pathway exploration will start a year earlier, which I think is really important. Yeah, definitely. Um, what was a motivating factor for you to become a Pathways Coordinator? Um, I, I'm a teacher, so I like working with young people. Um, but I find it very rewarding supporting young people um, as they start to look at some pretty exciting things and um, many of the students that I've taught, um, when you have the conversations about pathways, it's different to being in the classroom and it's very personalised and, and no two conversations are the same, which is exciting. And I haven't found one family or one student who hasn't walked into interviews, either formal or informal ones, um, without taking it really seriously. So it's really nice. It's nice to, to hear about aspirations and hopes and dreams and, and all those big things that will hopefully become a reality for, for all our students in the near future. Just going back, do you think the industry and enterprise subject has been helping a lot of kids? Um, yeah, I think so. We're still tinkering with things. We'd like to change things up um, somewhat, uh, but I think it's important that there needs to be time for young people to absorb things and, and to think about it and to walk away then to come back uh, the following lesson or the following lessons and have time Um Time's important because uh, while we all think that we've got everything sorted, it's often only when you have conversations and you hear other people talking and you're exposed to different things that you, you can make some pretty informed decisions. Yep. Next year, are you 10 students transition to VCE at CRC Sydenham and other secondary schools in the area? How will life be different for us doing VCE? Next year, um, well, I think some of our students have already been exposed to VCE and VET subjects this year, which is a nice little um, step up. I think that from year 10 to year 11, regardless of the pathway, there's more expected of our young people, um, whether they're doing school-based apprenticeships, scored VCE programs, um, the new VCE vocational major or a combination of. And I think that as you get closer to, to finishing up, um, you're senior secondary school and there's a lot more expected of you. So organisations, um, something where – I think at North Keelor, we still to an extent hold your hand a little bit, which is okay, and then find that when you move into the VCE system, very, very much um, more so about your own personal learning. And if you're not organised, if you don't engage, if you're not there, you, you kind of find it much harder than what it needs to be. So it's a big step up. It's exciting as well. Um, what was your own personal experience with VCE? Did you have any difficulties? Um, yeah, I found... I was always a quite a capable student and um, always got my homework done, engaged with my work um, as best as I could. I probably found that despite people reminding me, some of my study habits didn't get really, really fine-tuned until year 12. Um, the example that I often speak to my students about is when I was studying and I was really happy with how everything worked out in the end, but I probably always focused on the things that I found easier and then some of those harder things I used to touch but not as much. Um, then as I've kind of uh, continued to learn uh, the rest of my life, I've found that I've fine-tuned that a lot better and I find that um, temptation is to always go and do those easier things first um, and a lot more so you feel good about yourself. But in reality, it's once you get those good things sorted, you, you need to really dive into the trickier things. Do you think it's important to surround yourself with people who encourage you to do what you love? And do you also think it's important to have time to study and also enjoy yourself because it always can't be just study, study, study? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I think it's a balance and getting the balance perfect 
for every person is a real challenge. Um, part-time work is really important because um, the things that can come out of that are, are fantastic and, and working for a boss and, and being able to manage your time and follow rules and, and carry out duties is important. Sport's so important as well, I think, um, as well as you have to see your friends and you have to have a life. I think the biggest challenge in your senior secondary school is being able to balance all of those things, juggling a whole heap of different balls and trying to work out what works for you. And the reality is, I think at the start of year 12 or start of year 11, I should say, um, if all those things aren't working, you've got to be prepared to adapt. If there's too much sport happening, you may well need to pull back a little bit. If there's too much part-time work, you do need to work with your family and your, and your teachers and, and take on the advice. Having money is important and it's nice. Mm. At the same time, though, if, if you've got really strong aspirations and goals, um, which everybody does, sometimes you need to kind of just work at that balance that works for you. Yeah. If you were just tuning in, you're listening to CRC Live on Brimbank Live, live from CRC North Keelor in Melbourne, Australia. My name is Tamara and my co-hosts today are Charlotte and Alana. And our special guest today is Daniel Horan, CRC's Pathways Coordinator. So there tends to be a bit of a stigma around gap years. Could you give us your own personal insight about it? Yeah, it's a very interesting one, isn't it? Um, because there's research out there that, that indicates that if people take a year off, they might be less inclined to come back to, to study or get involved in training um, for the training or um, whatever it is. I think it's a it's a tricky one to interpret because everybody's in a completely different spot and for those completing, in particular, um, a scored VCE program, it, it's such a full-on couple of years. And if a young person having a reset and working for a year and perhaps doing some travel now that the world's opened up again, that can be fantastic. Um, I was very lucky. I got to do a lot of travel as I moved on through in between university courses and also while I was um, in university. And I probably learned as much about life traveling as I did in the courses I was in. Um, so it, it can be really formal gap years. Some people might interpret a gap year as um, just taking some time off. Some people might actually get involved in proper gap year programs. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know if this is, a, this is the wrong answer, but I'd say everyone should consider that if that's right for them. Um, at the same time, we know with universities, you can start and you can also have a, a gap after that as well. So it doesn't necessarily have to be right after year 12, but um, that type of, I don't know, time to work, save money and, and travel, I think in particular, I think it's um, yeah, something really important. What advice do you give students who want to get into a specific university course in three years' time but don't think they can get the specific ATAR that they need? Yep, great question. Um, I'd say start researching nice and early. Every single university now offers different pathways, so that's different ways of getting to the same course, um, whether it be scored VCE program or an unscored or a VCE vocational major pathway um, or something where you might have a bit of time off in between and come back to it. All of the universities offer this because they're competitive. It's it's money making and if one offers it, they all have to offer it as well. And I'd say start researching nice and early, go to open days. Pretty much all of the university websites are very, very user friendly um, and they've got it pretty clearly outlined the different pathway options you can get there. And going back to the misconceptions that Tamara asked about earlier on, um, the misconception is you need an ATAR score to get into university and that's not the case. Um, there's lots of other ways we can get there. 
And also another misconception is that we need to, an ATAR score is going to define how well you're going to do or how much money you're going to earn and that's completely wrong as well. So as you mentioned, you know, that ATAR, there is a lot of stress about it and could you tell us more if you think that is like to, to determine your success in life? Yeah, absolutely. I think that um, everyone's going to determine their own success in different ways. Um, if somebody wanted to determine their success on how much money they're going to earn, they'd most often find that, you know, an ATAR score is not going to um, to lead to that. Um there are certain pathways where we know that an ATAR score for the most part is a way to get there, but that kind of pool is shrinking smaller and smaller and smaller. And the vast majority of occupations you can think of, an ATAR score is not going to be a roadblock to get to where you need to go. Um, it is important for many, many students and we can't take that away as well, but for so many of our students and every year it's growing, growing, people are coming to realization that it's not everything. Um, it's not going to define who you are. Um, going back to my example of when I finished year 12, I didn't get an ATAR score to get me into the course that I wanted to get into. So I did a little bit of extra study and I was able to bridge in there as well. And those pathways and I suppose those bridges into courses are, are so much more frequent now. So young people should hopefully have a lot of confidence that if their goals are realistic, so it's something that's achievable and they're willing to work hard and they know the different paths that they need to do to kind of get there, um, they should be confident that uh, all the stars can align and, and their hopes and dreams can come true. Yep. Um, obviously, over the past couple of years, there's been a lot of uncertainty with the COVID lockdowns and all that. How do you think that's impacted students like in year 10 or year 11 and 12? Yeah, I think one of the big things that may well have um, been a real challenge, in particular for those in year 11 and 12 or just finished up, it might have been exposure to things, the normal things like part-time work or work experience or excursions, the things where it might have sparked an interest um, might have been something really interesting you came across. Perhaps maybe that was lacking. Doing everything via a computer for a significant period of time is a real challenge. And you'd hope that those people, if they have missed a few little things along the way, even as young adults, you can still get to exactly where you need to go. Um, but I, I think that's been a real challenge, the exposure to, to all the normal things and the, the subtle little conversations that would have happened in classes. So you speak to your maths teacher or you speak to your science teacher or your pathways coordinator or someone out in the yard. And it can, sometimes just a conversation can spark something and, and you realise there's a lunchtime activity happening or there's some leadership opportunities available. Uh, Might have been some young people on a Bring Bank Live podcast <laughs> where they realised, you know what, I really like this. And some of those things, well, a lot of them were taken away from us, um, which is a challenge and it is what it is. But hopefully that um, yeah, people keep embracing the, all these wonderful things that are out there because you never know until you try. Yeah. Would you recommend teaching to anyone who wants to be a teacher or study teaching? Uh, yeah, absolutely. Um, the first thing that comes to mind, people will say, is the holidays are great, which they most definitely are. It's a job that there's no holidays. To be honest, I wouldn't, I wouldn't do it. Um, <laughs> but it's a very, very rewarding um, vocation. It's a. Uh, my wife and I are both teachers, and it's a great family job. Um, it's also, yes, yeah, so rewarding to see growth and to put time into young people and to see when they take ownership and when they accept guidance and support, you can see such significant growth. And particularly if you, you see students over multiple years, it's just fantastic. So would I recommend it? Yes, most definitely. 
So since the COVID lockdown, unfortunately, our school doesn't do work experience anymore. Do you think it's important as a part of our learning journey? Yeah, absolutely. So this year we did kind of a ad hoc work experience where students who were keen to give up their own time in the school holidays, they were able to. Is it important? Absolutely. In a perfect world, would um, it come back later on? I'd really hope so. Um, I'd be an advocate for that for sure Um, because, yeah, while you're not necessarily going to set your whole life up doing work experience, you've just got a, a bit of a glimpse and insight into what the big world is like out there. And it's one of the many tools that can really equip you to make informed decisions. And um, like you young ladies sitting here, you don't know until you try something. And while work experience is a lot of the time it's sitting back and observing the 15 or 20 students who have engaged in work experience this year um, from working with Victoria Police to architecture. We've got a young lady at the Bring Bang Vet this week. There's lots and lots of different things that they've pursued um, and it might just spark an interest or it might put a little line through something that you thought, oh, yeah, I thought that was fantastic and you can still just gear your, your thinking and, and guide you to where you need to go. Mm-hmm. Um, as for your own personal learning journey, do you have any regrets or? Um, no, I don't like to think about regrets. One thing I think about when I was choosing my subjects in VCE, um, I probably, if I had my time over, I would have chose a few different ones, but that's life. I still worked really hard in what I was in. Um, and I look back and I assess, did I make informed decisions? So did I talk to my family and my teachers and research future um, possible courses and careers? And I did all those things and you're never going to get it right. Um, I started a university course, which I thought I'd really enjoy and I stuck it out for a period of time. I thought, no, nah, not for me. And then I reset. So um, no, nah, not necessarily regrets. So I think that having all of those experiences, um, it adds to you as a person and it gives you perspective on life when you I suppose you you move on through and you realise, yep, um, it's not a perfect world. Might have made an error of judgment here, might have made a mistake here with selections, but that's okay. Did anything specifically motivate you during times where you had doubts about anything, especially studying teaching or even at school? Um, I'd say... Working in, I've been lucky enough to work in three schools um, so far and being around experienced colleagues is really important. I don't think this is just in education, but um, in any workplace where you get a sounding board and sometimes you think, wow, this is really tricky. And then you get some perspective from some really, really good operators. And we've got lots of them here at North Keelor, which is fantastic. And, And getting their perspective and insight into where you are, where that leads to different things you can do. I think that helps. And um, being in the role that I'm in now, I sought advice from a few different people that I really respect and, and they gave some guidance on on what I could possibly get out of the role. Um, and yeah, really glad I've made that decision. Do you think it's essential for students going into year 11 and 12 to choose subjects that will benefit their future and help them get into uni courses? Or do you think it's more about experimenting and being able to see what you're interested in? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, I think it's a combination of all of the above. Um, Ultimately, in VCE or in in your senior school, you want to choose subjects you're going to enjoy. Um, We've had a number of conversations this year where um, students have gone and chose the the hardest subjects possible out there thinking that's going to lead to academic success when – for a variety of reasons, they kind of they weren't the best decisions for them, and it's never about telling young people to don't do something, but giving them information to go back and um, 
and, and take on board, speak with their parents, speak with their teachers. If a subject is going to be a really important part of them getting into a course later on or to, to lead on to um, further training or further study, that's important, really, really important. But ultimately, you want to make sure you've got subjects in there that you're going to really enjoy. Yeah. Two years, it's two very, very short years. We've got the year 12s graduating really, really soon, um, which is daunting. But at the same time, it's you want to make sure that you're choosing subjects that you're really happy with. And also going back to the informed choices, informed decisions, decisions I should say, um, you need to make sure that you're doing your research. You're not choosing something based on what your mum wants you to do or dad or brother or what they're good at because what you're good at and what you enjoy is um, very, very, very much a personal thing. Did you have a mentor, anyone in particular, that helped you through your VCE years at school? Um, yeah, I'd say um, I had a fantastic maths teacher and um, it wasn't necessarily um, formal kind of uh, support and guidance, but more so someone who I really respected and I liked maths. I was pretty good at it. And um, the little advice that I was given along the way, I used to just, uh, he, I was, he was, I was like eating out of the palm of his hand pretty much. And everything he said, I'd um, take it like um, take very very seriously and heed that advice and we had a lot of our pathways things very similar to what we have here and what you um, will have in a few years time but I found that kind of person I really respected and usually when I had questions um, whether it was their role or not um, I, I asked that person um, and someone who I really respect still to this day. Um, did you have any coping strategies during your years as well, especially because it can get really stressful and it's sometimes good to step away from it all? Yeah, for sure. I think um, the biggest one for me was communicating. So with my parents who were very, very supportive because they were never people who told me what to do and how to do it. But then when you're in the, the busyness of things, it can be quite hard to to get clarity and often just a conversation and never been told what I have to do and how to do it but just some ideas um, really helped and I found that sport in year 12 and year 11 as well um, and also post-school was really important for me. I had a balance of playing local football um, but the, the Tuesday, Thursday night training and the Saturday morning um, playing a game was my outlet. It was where I didn't think about anything else and I still managed a part-time job as well. I worked three hours at Coles uh, <laughs> but that was something. It was, it was remaining engaged, gave me a tiny bit of pocket money um, but yeah, having that employment during that time as well was, um, was really important and made life much easier. Um, now when you do teaching, is there any like hobbies that you have or like to do outside of school or when you get stressed? Um, exercise is probably still one for me, I think. Yeah, both my wife and I've got a very young family and we always prioritize and we make sure that we're both doing things that make us happy. And for me, it's like an early morning run three or four times a week. And I find that's a real leveler for me. Um, when life's busy and stressful, um, regardless if I'm tired or not, I just get up and do it. And it's a, something I've been able to do for a long, long, long time. And um, that's for me, that's like the, the de-stressor. Yeah. yeah. Do you think it's okay and sometimes even necessary to change your career path? Like even if you're in university and you're doing a course but then like it hits you that maybe it's not for you, do you think that's okay and like necessary sometimes? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, the stats say that young people are going to be involved in many, many, many more occupations than their parents and their grandparents and that's okay. I think we embrace that and the workforce now is really well aware that 
we've got transferable skills. So if you're qualified in something or if you've got experience in something, a lot of the time you can go through and transfer that over to, to other areas and um, uh, a lot of the soft skills are often more important than the, the technical skills of how to do something. Uh, if an employer thinks that you're a team worker, you can problem solve, you've got good analytical thinking and you're a good person, you're pretty likely to be able to find yourself getting a job in many different places. So is that daunting? I don't know. Is it exciting that you might be doing lots of different things? Um, it's a good thing, I think. Lots of jobs that you might be working in don't exist at the moment. When you come to school, are there any challenges that you face, whether that's students or even just teaching? Um, I reckon the biggest challenge is probably just workload, managing everything. So everyone's got a busy life outside of um, school and I think getting the balance right, making sure I'm not going home and doing too much work, um, but also being prepared enough. We're very lucky here. We've got a fantastic school and um, the yeah, pleasure to come into roll up to every morning. What made you decide to um, specifically teach math? Was it your math teacher who inspired you? Or? Yeah, yeah, I think so. Um, so when I went through university, PE was actually my major and I had to choose a second subject and we had to choose at, at the end of the first year and I weighed up what was I good at, what would I mind teaching, like what would I like to also teach and also employability and maths ticked all those boxes. And now I wouldn't have thought as I graduated that I'd be doing this kind of flip but I teach pretty much nearly all maths and a tiny bit of PE which suits me just fine. So you never know um, but ultimately I played to my strengths I guess um, and I wouldn't teach things that I don't enjoy. I love maths so yeah makes life much easier. Is there any advice you want to offer to any of our year 10s? Um, yeah, I think um, embrace that there is uncertainty in terms of you may well change your mind over the next couple of years. That's okay. Um, I'd set little goals as you move on through because I think first week when it's orientation week in a couple of months' time for all the year 10s going to year 11, it can be pretty daunting and it can be overwhelming at times, but utilise all the support that's there and that can be the formal support at school through pathways coordinators, through house leaders, through mentor leaders, um, as well as bounce off your friends, bounce off your family um, and also just, just set little goals to, to kind of to get you through. So what does the future look like for you personally? Do you plan on staying at NK? Um, yeah, I think so. I'm, we've got our life set up in this community around here. So I would dare say I'll be here for a little while. It's a nice, <laughs> I've got a nice short drive to work. So um, it's a not very, very nice place. So yeah, I can't see myself going anywhere. That's all we have time for today. Thank you so much to our guest, Mr. Horan. It's been a great pleasure talking to you today. Live from CRC North Keelor in Melbourne, Australia, you have been listening to CRC Live on Broombank Live. My name is Tamara and my co-hosts today were Charlotte and Alana. Thank you for joining us. We hope you have found today useful. Until next time, have a great day.